Amen. Now, come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Do me a favor. I just, I just want you to take in the, the, the air this morning and imagine the Holy Spirit rolling through this room right now. And you have been out of breath in this season. And the Spirit of God just says, breathe. He's washing you right now with his Spirit. You've worked hard. You've tried hard. But God says, rest. Catch the wave. Come on, just imagine the Spirit just holding you right now. He's holding you. He's breathing on us. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, church family. We are in the penultimate moment in our series. We're in the ninth week of a 10-week series on might from the margins. And last week I told you that there's something powerful about a sacrifice. We're called to be a sacrifice for those who are on the margins of life. And this week Paul reminds us of our spiritual power, our strength, our weapons, our source of power to fight for those who are on the margins. Ephesians chapter 6 grabs our attention this morning. We'll be reading 10 through 12, and then we'll drop down to 16 and 18. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, but put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stance against the evil scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against powers, this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realm. Verse 16, in addition, all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayer and requests. Here it is. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Well, let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the word this morning. God, you are the potter, we are the clay. Mold us, shape us, make us, break us to what you need us to be. Holy Spirit, we give you full authority. Minister with our minds, speak with our tongue, love with our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children say amen, amen. Now come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise while you're going to your seat this morning. Hallelujah. Verse 17 grabs our attention, 17 and 18. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request for the time that's mine this morning. I just want to talk to you this morning on the power to fight in the spirit, the power 
to fight in the spirit. Kathy, I don't know about you, but there are some seasons in my life where I feel more like a firefighter than a faith leader. <laughs> Every now and then, it seems like, Judy, it's one thing after another. The minute you put on, put one fire out, you see smoke brewing from another fire. You get the pandemic under control, Jamon, then your family start acting crazy. <laughs> you get your family under control, then your health starts acting crazy. You get your health under control, and then your job starts acting crazy. You get your job under control, and then the community starts acting crazy. You get the community under control, and then your children start acting crazy. You get your children under control, and then your friends start acting crazy. You get your friends under control, and then your spouse start acting crazy. Is it anybody in the room that can testify this morning that it seems like it's been one fire after another? Come on, y'all. Y'all gonna preach with me this morning? But I'm so glad we serve a God that will meet you in the fire. I'm talking about a God that met Moses in the burning bush. I'm talking about a God that met three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. And guess what? You serve a God that will meet you in your fire and give you just what you need. Oh, I, oh they gave me a handheld this morning. I feel like preaching. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm fireproof. And then even in the fire, God, I know our God will show up. One of the things I've learned about fires is there's a different, Scott, in strategies for fires. Certain fires and all fires are not fought with the same equipment. Uh, my brother Sean is in the restaurant business, so he'll get this. I remember the first fire I fought when I was in the restaurant business and I was cooking a burger and grease ended up leaking down in the grill and the fire started rising and shortly after that, it got out of control. I went to grab some water, threw it on the fire. But when the water hit the fire, I noticed that the flame rose higher and got hotter. In other words, I made the fire worse. My supervisor ran over, pushed me out of the way. He came with a fire extinguisher and put out the fire. See, I had the right idea, but the wrong method. Oh, let me, let me state it. I had the right idea, but I had the wrong method. The supervisor told me you couldn't put a grease fire out with water. You're spreading the fire. He said to me, Corey, remember, water and grease don't mix. Well, you know, Grace City, when you and I are in the fires of life, it is important to understand the type of fire before you react. We need to identify whether we are in a spiritual fire or a carnal fire. When a fight, when a fight, when we fight spiritual fires with carnal weapons, it's like grease and water. 
And oftentimes you're doing nothing but making the situation worse. We have to fight spiritual fights with spiritual weapons. In other words, to extinguish the spiritual graze. There is something powerful about fighting in the spirit. You know, people who are on the margins of life are fighting life's fires. They're fighting fires for freedom. They're fighting fires for equality. They're fighting fires for rights. They're fighting fires to be seen as human. They're fighting fires of injustice. But my question is not rather we are fighting the fight. I can see that you're fighting. I can see your social media posts. But the question this morning, are you fighting with the right equipment? Are you fighting? Are you coming to the margins to help to extinguish the fire of people who are on the margins? Are you experienced? Are you throwing water on the grease with good intentions, but are your actions making things worse? Could it be, church, is it that, that we're so overwhelmed with division, disunity, and, and fighting fires of racism and injustice because we've been fighting with good intentions, but the wrong weapon? Could it be that we've been fighting flesh with flesh instead of grabbing hold of the spirit of injustice, racism, which is evil and orchestrated by the evil one, but we're fighting with carnality, but we have to fight evil with the spirit of God. The last time I checked my Bible, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Great City, we can't pull down strongholds of injustice, inequality, and poverty in our flesh. Uh, strongholds uh, is a fortress. Paul says this, the way you fall down strongholds is through the spirit. We can't be unhinged fighting racism. We have to fight through the spirit. We can't be unhinged fighting injustice. We have to fight through the spirit. We can't be unhinged fighting inequality. We have to fight through the spirit. We can't be unhinged fighting unjust systems. Grace City, we have to fight through the spirit. It is the spirit that guides you. It is the spirit that advocates for you. It is the spirit that counsels you. It is the spirit that strengthens you. It is the spirit that stands with you. It is through the spirit. Does anybody believe me this morning that it's only through the spirit that we can make real change this morning? There's something powerful about fighting in the spirit. Grace City, I know I'm on to something because the first thing Jesus did when he went to fight in his mission statement, he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. <laughs> That's what he said, uh, to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, the recovery of sight to bride, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord. Wait a minute, if Jesus going to start with fighting with the spirit, what should you be fighting with? There's something powerful <laughs> about fighting in the spirit. We find ourselves in the text this morning. Paul in chapter 6 of Ephesians. And Paul is giving instructions for Christian households. And then he shifts in verse 5 and 10, verse 10, to encourage the believers to stay strong. He wants the believers to be strong in their suffering, strong in their service, but also strong in their spiritual fight. Paul is clear that being a Christian does not exempt you from being in a fight. Paul says we have an enemy who has waged war against those who chose to align themselves with God's will. 
Everybody who's aligned themselves with God's will, won't you raise your hand this morning? Anybody? Yes, yes. So you, you're going to, you're in a fight. Paul says we have an enemy who has waged war against those who have aligned themselves with God's will. God wants his audience to know that the fight is spiritual. And he's calling the believers of Ephesus to equip themselves spiritually. He tells them when you are in a spiritual battle, your reliance has to be on God's strength and not your own. When Paul says to be strong in the Lord, he's really talking and placing reliance more on God than our own ability. Paul says that fight is not with flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and dark places. See, Christ's kingdom is the kingdom of light. Satan's kingdom is the kingdom of darkness. Paul understands that Satan will use our pride, our arrogance, our envy, and our malice to move his kingdom forward. But Paul calls us to stand up against, not against one another, but against the powers of the enemy. Paul calls the people of Ephesus, Ephesus to put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes and the methods of the enemy. He says the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet shod with the gospel, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and the prayer and the spirit. Notice that the, that the girdle, the breastplate, and the helmet are all defensive equipment that protect, but the prayer, the sword, are offensive equipment. God has given the believers offensive defense weapons to fight. The fight we are in spiritually requires us to be equipped offensively and defensively. And verse 16 brings us down to our offense. He says, in addition, all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Grace City, Paul is clear that our offense is the Holy Spirit. Grace City, your offense is the work of the Holy Spirit. But Grace City, it only works if you work it. The question this morning is, are you willing to work it? The Holy, are you willing to work that Holy Spirit? The first thing I see if we're going to work the power of the Holy Spirit, the first thing I see, we have to work the word in the spirit. I'm writing the text, verse 17. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is powerful in spiritual warfare. The psalmist says in Psalms 119 that the word is the lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The helmet of salvation is the defense instrument that protects the head from injury. The helmet is very common in war to protect you from the enemy, but it also can protect you, watch this, from the enemy. Ah, see, things worn on the head usually symbolizes a reminder of a crown. And it represents, the crown represents power, glory, immortality, royalty, sovereignty, physical protection, spiritually. It reminds you of who is the protector. When Paul writes about the helmet of salvation, he's really talking more about the helmet being a crown more than a protection. Let me come get you. The helmet crown becomes a reminder of who you belong to and the security and assurance that's been given to you. 
uh, the helmet now becomes a reminder to the enemy and the enemy that you're not fighting to get victory. You are already in a place of victory. Oh, y'all just missed the good God Almighty. I'm preaching so good and y'all missing it. You fight from a place of victory, which then places the enemy on the defense and now you on the offense. Paul tells them to put the helmet of salvation on because Satan knows many of us suffer with discouragement and doubt. And the helmet of salvation reminds the enemy that you already win. Y'all just, Lord have mercy, if I was in a Baptist church right now, you're not fighting trying to win. You are already fighting from a place of victory. It's a reminder to depression and anxiety, you already win. It's a reminder to cancer, you already win. It's a reminder to the oppressor and oppression, you already win. It's a reminder to injustice that you win. I come to talk to some winners this morning. It's a reminder of the systems of inequality, we win. Isaiah put it this way, no weapon <laughs> formed against you shall prosper because you are already in a place of winning. Tell your neighbor that I'm in a winning posture this morning. If you, can, if you and your neighbor are on speaking terms after the flavor group, tell them we don't speak. Tell, <laughs> tell, remind them. Uh, talk to them this morning. Talk to them this morning. I'm in a winning posture. <laughs> the enemy is banking on the fact that this situation causes you to question and lose sight of victory that you already have. And because the last time I checked my Bible, if any man and woman is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed and the new things have become new. Listen, we are already in a winning situation. So we're in a catch-22, according to Paul. He says, for me to live is to Christ, and to die is to gain. I'm in a win-win situation. The helmet is a reminder that you are in a place of victory. But wait a minute. Paul goes on and says the sword of the Spirit. Now, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, the Word in Romans uh, world is a principal weapon for hand-to-hand -hand combat. But Paul says the sword of the spirit, which refers to the nature of the sword rather than the source of the sword. It is a spiritual weapon used for spiritual enemy. He does, he goes on to say that it is the word of God. Now the word in the scripture is interpreted in two forms. The word is interpreted as logos and rhema. In general, rhema means, uh, logos is a general word, means the word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word was God. It is the logos word. But wait a minute. Uh, but the word rhema means a specific word. Paul says the word, the word that Paul uses here is not logos. It is the word rhema. In other words, in the spirit, when you are in spiritual warfare, God is not giving you a general word. He's giving you a right now word, <laughs> a rhema word. 
Uh, okay, y'all, y'all don't believe me, so let me prove it to you. In Matthew chapter 4, remember Jesus was being tempted. That you, you know, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Watch this. Jesus answered, man shall not live on bread alone by every word, not every Logos word, but every rhema word that comes from the mouth of God. Good God Almighty, Lord have mercy. I come to tell somebody this morning, whatever situation you're in, God has a rhema word for you this morning. I know, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but there is a rhema word this morning. He told me to tell somebody, if your back is against the word this morning, God told me to tell you that he is, uh, he is more than the whole world against you. If you're sick this morning, he told me to tell you that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. I got a rhema word for you this morning. If you're sick this morning, I got a rhema word for you this morning. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. I got a rhema word for you this morning. If you're feeling like you can't go on and you want to quit, I got a rhema word for you this morning. The word says that he that hath performed a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness, the first thing he says to us, I got a rhema word for you this morning. But not only the first thing he says uh, that that the word in the spirit, but the second thing I see, I'm going to get out of here, that the power and the prayer of the spirit. Here it is in verse 18. He says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Praying in the spirit is to pray in the name of Jesus and pray with with his nature consistently. And I know sometimes we say, you know, praying in the spirit is is speaking in tongues and all of that. And I, I, I get that, you know. You know, sometimes we say, mama say, mama side, Michael side, you need an interpretation. That's Michael Jackson. Anyway, um, th- pr- praying in the spirit is in the name of Jesus and pray with the nature that you are trying to align with God's will. Praying in the spirit is in concert with the Holy Spirit. He's the one to help us in our weakness. The Bible says we do not know what to pray, how to hold the spirit and the spirit will intercede in our groaning. The heart knows what the mind and the spirit because it intercedes according to Romans 8, 26. To be filled with the spirit is to walk in his leading and his power and enable the spirit to move on your behalf. As we submit to the Holy Spirit, opening his word and relying on the spirit to draw us close, he, we then become in fellowship with the father and we find a way to align with his will. Peter wrote to the diaspora and persecuted Christians in the early church. He wrote, have sound judgment and sober for the spirit for the purpose of prayer. Prayer is our offense weapon when we're weighed down. Our prayer is the assurance that Jesus promised whatever we ask in his name, he will do. God answers our prayers in order to put the power on display. Our prayer in the spirit should be about spiritual protection, strength, and healing. Our focus should not be on physical needs, but the spiritual needs, the victory over temptation, forgiveness, cleansing our sins, and trusting God in our salvation for reliance on God. Our prayer should be a winning 
posture in our battle. We're able to discern the difference between the fight in the flesh and the fight in the spirit. But Jesus' most difficult moment, church, and I'm, I'm closing with this. Jesus' most difficult moment, and I want you to understand what he did in his most difficult moment. In Jesus' most difficult moment in Mark chapter 14, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And I want you, and when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, the first thing he did was not get online, not tell, us, tell somebody, but the first thing he did on his most difficult moment is that he prayed. The Bible says uh, he took Peter and James and John's along with him. And watch this. He was in deep distress and trouble in his soul. Anybody can relate to that? That being in deep distress and trouble in your soul? But what Jesus did, look, I'm, I'm not making this up. It's in the book. The first thing he did was he went to pray and he took his prayer partners with him. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. The text says as he's gone a little while and he goes up to pray and watch this, y'all. He's human, right? Okay, and they tell me stay because I'm excited. Now. So he's human, right? And so he gets up there and his flesh gets real. He says, God, take this cup from me. But the spirit said, <laughs> nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. See, even Jesus and his humanity didn't want to do what he needed to do. <laughs> but in the spirit, the spirit is what had him say, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, if Jesus needed the spirit, why do you think you can do it in your flesh? Good God Almighty. Some of us think we're greater than Jesus. I'm going to tell them what I think. What are you talking about? What did the Spirit tell you to say? Lord have mercy. What did the Spirit tell you to say? Jesus leaned into the Spirit. And the Spirit said, not my will, but thy will be done. Our spiritual fight is through prayer and the word of God. But I, 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 I want to close this way because I got to deal with one more thing. Can I deal with one more thing? Y'all, I'm going to let y'all go. So he brings his homeboys with him, right? Peter, James, and John, and they, they, he, said, he said, listen, while I'm going up here in my most difficult, overwhelming moment, I need y'all to pray for me. And I'm going up to this mountain, and I need y'all praying. I need y'all look at verse 36. I'm going to read it to you. Y'all ready for this? Then when he returned, he found his disciples sleeping. <laughs> but here is our lesson right here. Paul, Peter's so cool. He said, but I got an excuse. Hold on. He said, he said, he said, Peter said, Simon said to Peter, are you sleeping? Could you keep watch for, Jesus said, could you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that I will not fall into temptation. And here's Peter's response. The spirit is willing, but my flesh was weak. <laughs> now, if Peter could admit that his flesh couldn't do it, 
Why do you keep trying to do it in your flesh? <laughs> Peter said, that's his excuse. The spirit is willing, <laughs> but this flesh won't. <laughs> There's something powerful <laughs> about this fighting in the spirit. Grace City, we've got to be a church understanding that there is spiritual warfare, but we fight through the word of God, and we fight through the spirit of God. You got to begin to say, what is this? Is this spiritual or is it carnal? And when you can get to the place and say, what's this spiritual thing that's going on? And, and we began to pray and align the word of God and our prayer life to attack that thing. That's when we're going to see real change. Even real change on with people on the margins of life. Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but are principalities and wicked things and high places. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the word and we thank you for the, our prayers. Though you said we man ought to always pray. God, I pray now that we would rely on our spirit, the spirit of God. The same power that rose, that took Jesus to the cross is the same power that rose him from the dead. And that same power that conquered the grave lives in you and in me. We have the power of the spirit to lift us, to raise us. And God, you do it through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.